Well, good morning into one. Thank you for joining us this morning. So glad that uh, you are here, you're with us, uh, even in our strange situations. And some of us are in the building, which is great for that little bit of feedback. And uh, those of you at home, we miss you. We miss you. We long to be with you. We know those days are ahead of us. And we look forward with anticipation uh, to that happening. A privilege to be here this morning because uh, every now and then, Graham will say, I can help him, which is great because I do really enjoy giving. I enjoy um, giving in a way that especially helps others. Giving just generally and not really knowing what it does, that's a challenge for me. But when I know it's specific and needed, I'm grateful for that. But when Graham says, this date's open, my first thing to do is to start to pray. And so what I do when I pray is I'll just ask God, I'll say, God, will you help me out? Will you help me just understand what it is, where you want me to go? What do you want me to say? Give me ears to hear. And oftentimes, I find it's what he's teaching me that he'll, he'll give to me to be his voice. So as I prayed, I, I heard a lot, of, a lot of different things, and, and a lot of things kept coming around. You know how things can be in a cycle sometimes, and, and you'll, hear, you'll hear it stated one way, and then not much after that, you'll hear the same kind, type of thought stated in a different way. And then, you know, a third time around, it'll come, and it, it will be, oh, that sounds a lot like the first two times. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you're the same. Maybe you hear those things as well. Well, I often sense that when God is putting the same things in front of me, I'm like a lot of people in Scripture who needed to be told so many times before I actually got it. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you've said this. Yeah. Remember, we've had graduations during these COVID times, right? Maybe, uh, like your house, you've had someone who graduated from high school. Uh, ben and Merlin come to mind. They both graduated high school during this pandemic. Maybe you're like this. Where's that coffee? I gotta have that coffee. Okay, maybe you're more like this. I'm done, so done. I've had enough. Or like this. I'm just done. I'm just done. I'm just done. And I'm pretty sure, being married to somebody who knows English better than I, that that's not a proper sentence but those periods sure make an emphatic point. I, I'm just done. I'm just done. I, I've been done many times in the last, uh, what are we now, a year and a half uh, in our current situation. In my last 55 years, I've been done even more times than that. A situation arises where I, I, I've had enough of that. I'm just, I'm done. I'm, I'm just done. I've actually made this statement on the next slide. I've, I've actually said this statement. Ben, give us the next one. I'll decide when I'm done. <laughs> right? Or, or perhaps this is more the statement that you've made. Stick a fork in me, I'm done. Whatever way you phrase done, 
you will soon realize that you're not alone being done. You're not the only one who's done. There's lots of doneness around you. It's just like a dungeon sometimes. It's just, it's everywhere. If I could tell you how many times I heard a phrase similar to this this week, with respect to our current pandemic, if I had a dollar for everyone, I'd go buy a new bike. But so many of us, we're just done. The list, the list is long. Maybe your list is similar to mine. Um, I'm done with not seeing my family. You know, my extended family. I, I might be done with seeing my family as well. Maybe you're feeling like it's just a little too much uh, all the time right now. That's your social circle. That's who you go out to eat with. In, and out to eat is, you know, out to your kitchen to eat or out to the back patio to eat. Um, you're, you're, you're done with not seeing your loved ones. You're, you're done with... Uh, with not being able to go to a funeral. Such a strange statement in one sense, because I'd love to be done going to funerals, but missing out on supporting other people. I'm done with not being able to see my brother-in-law, who's battling cancer, and to just give him a hug, because we often don't find words that work well for us. But the hugs work. I'm, I'm done with, uh, well, I'm done working in people's houses where, where the kids are learning from home, and the greater challenge to that is the parent that's at home is a teacher. <laughs> and how about just parents who are having their kids working from home? And how about those who work in education who have to figure out a way to try and make it all work and to keep people motivated? I'm done. Are, are you there? I, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm there with you. You're, you're not there alone. But that's, it barely is a consolation, it seems like right now. I'm done. Sometimes it's just hard to keep going. And I don't know if that's your experience, but uh, there's been many uh, speed bumps along the way in my life that I've just found, you know what, it's difficult? It's difficult to stay motivated. Okay, I'm moving. At least I'm still moving, but my motivation's falling off. I'm finding that uh, I, I go through my day, but I'm not productive. I find that I start a task and then I get distracted and I go to a different task. And then I get to the end of the day and neither of those things are done. I find that it's difficult to get some tasks started, especially the harder ones. And, and those are things that in a normal situation I might be okay at. I might be okay to start that difficult task. But now it just seems, it seems insurmountable. I spoke to a friend this week who... Uh, had some medical issues in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and I, I just checked in with him. I said, how are you doing? And he said, you know what? Physically, I, I've got my energy back. And, and uh, they had done some testing on him. He had to send some results in to have them analyzed. And, and, uh, and I said, well, that's good news. He says, yeah, but I'm really short and irritable. I said, jokingly, more than normal? He says, way more than normal. And, uh, and I said, you think it could just be you know, stress that maybe you don't have it out in front of you. You don't, you don't stress that way. You don't feel like you have an upset stomach or you lose sleep over it, but it's in there and it's, it's kind of below the surface and that's how it's coming out. He says, that's exactly what my wife said. And I said, well, what about the things for her? Well, she walks me to bed now because she doesn't want me going up the stairs by myself. She's caring in the way that she knows how to care. She's doing what she feels she can do but we're all handling it differently. When I started hearing so many people around me use the phrase that I've summarized into, I'm done, 
I started to look at myself and I started to think, am I done? Am I done? Uh, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't see myself at done, but I saw myself too close to it to ignore. And although I wouldn't have put a, a period, a hard period behind that, I, I was concerned that I'm noticing some of the other things that are difficult um, to do. So, you know, the multitasking is difficult, and, and the finishing the projects that I normally would pound through, I'm having a difficult time with that. And I realize that I'm on this same slope where many of us are today. So, please, as I speak this morning, I would ask for a little bit of leeway please don't hear me say, I got this. Here's the secret. I don't have this. I don't have the secret. Although I think God's word has some really good input for us on how to keep going. So as we go to God's word this morning, I'm, I'm going to simply, I'm going to lean on his word. Uh, so it's not going to be Terry's words. I'll give you some thoughts about his word and my opinion, but I, I'm really praying that God's word will stand on its own and that when you leave here when you turn off, God's word will stay with you. God's word will be impact. I'm done. Well, it's hard to keep going. Here's what I'd like us to start with. I'd like you to remember the plan. My plan may not be the plan. Remember the plan may not be my plan. You know those plans that we have? Dan, you know those plans we have when we come to church and, and we, we think we're playing in a band of four, and in the days leading up to the band of four, it becomes the band of three and then the band of one? Yeah, those plans. Those plans that change. We have these grand plans. But they change. They change. My plan includes getting out of the house. My plan includes shopping, whatever shopping looks like for you. Um, some of you like to, to go and just walk through stores. You don't, you're not even a big buyer, but that's some of what you like to do in your plan. You like to just get out. How about coffee with a friend? You know, like face-to-face -face without a mask, greet with a hug, order your coffee, sit down and talk with a friend. That kind of coffee. Or dinner out with friends. Does your plan include that? It, it does for me. We were talking the other day about where I'm going for Mexican food when this ends. And then I've been craving Mexican food ever since. My plan includes freedom to, and you can fill in the blank. See, our, our current guidelines affect our plan. And so somehow we're gonna find a way to get through this pandemic. But what I want you to realize is that when the pandemic ends, it's not going to be back to your plan. There's still going to be interruptions in your plan. So it's not a strategy for, for pandemic times. It's a strategy for life. My plan. The plan, however. The plan. Not the plan. Not a plan. Not another plan. Not that guy's plan. Or her plan. Or the plan that my parents had for me. But the plan, God's plan, includes, as Psalm 32.8 says, instruction. Wouldn't it be great just to get some instruction right now? How am I going to deal with this current situation? I need some instruction on how I can do that. I need someone to teach me a little bit. I, need, I just need that little bit of 
input that says, here's a tool we're going to use to get through today. And, and certainly, I don't know about you, but aren't there days you get up? I don't even know which way to start moving. A little bit of direction. That, that is God's plan. He, he does include instruction and teaching and direction. And Psalm 32.8 says, I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I always think of uh, when I have younger people on my job site, and I'm the boss. And so many different ways to approach being a boss. There's so many different styles of leadership. But on the job site, when you're in construction, there's a safety aspect all the time. The office chair at the desk, it's a pretty safe environment. There's no office chair at the desk in my environment at work. So the best way to illustrate this is for me to talk about my youngest, Ben, and to talk about how Ben and I work on a job site. Well, Ben and I work like a father and a son should work. Should work. But not all father and son combos work the same way, because Ben's the youngest of three boys. I've had the other two boys on my job site as well, and they're hardworking, they give their best, but they're not my Ben. Ben can be told one time and he's got it. But the amazing thing is that the other two boys can do the same thing. You tell them one time and they have it. Ben has this intuition that, that he can learn just by watching. And so he, he gets my instruction, but my instruction for him comes by modeling what I'm doing. And I don't have to say it twice. It's such a cool, cool situation to, to work in for me. Unfortunately, he doesn't want to do what I do for a living. So it's here and there, and this week we had a day together on the job site. And, and those days are really awesome. They're joy-filled for me. Because he's following the instruction, the teaching, the direction I'm giving him. And that really makes it a joy for me to work in that situation. So the plan includes instruction, teaching, and direction. The plan also includes his purpose. It doesn't necessarily mean my purpose isn't in there because his purpose is the purpose for me. What he wants me to become. Not just something, you know, God's up there in his heaven and he came up with this whole big plan. And, you know, he's got his, his big piece of paper out on the drawing board and he's writing things and sketching and drawing lines and connecting all the dots and, and, and he's just working out this great plan. And then he just tells me what my job is in the plan. See, the joy for, for God is putting his purposes in motion in us and allowing us to have the joy and the fulfillment of working inside his purposes. Proverbs 19, verse 21. Proverbs 19, verse 21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man. Many are the plans in the mind of a man. But it's the purpose of our Lord that will stand. So I can plan all this stuff. And, and you know, as a church even, we can plan boy, we really think this is just the best thing. We're going to be this, this church on Main Street. We can have all these wonderful plans. But I'll tell you, if God's not in it, they are useless and they will not stand. And I'll tell you, I'm so proud to be part of a church like Into One 
where we understand that in this church. Not only do we understand that, it is embraced here. This is God's work. And we get the joy of working alongside the one who, who leads us, instructs us, teaches us, directs us. Oh, what an easy place to be. Right where God's leading us that way. His purpose. His purpose. So we need to remember the plan may not be my plan. But we also need to walk in, according, in accordance to the plan. We, we, it's one thing to be aware of the plan. And, and I've been on enough job sites and you know, showed up with my, my roll of paper. And if you know what a roll of paper is on a job site, you know that's, that's the plan. And, and you start with that. And someone has spent hours and hours drawing those plans and being meticulous about them. And, and then someone else has taken them and approved them. So that it's, you know, it's one thing to say, well, this looks like a lovely way to build a house. Um, but the next guy can go, but there's no foundation. So that's not going to work. But we can take and we can know and learn and begin to understand more of God's plan. And we can say, okay, well, I like that part of the plan, but I don't really care for this part of the plan. So I'm just going to go with this part of the plan. Well, guess what? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And we need to, we need to walk according to that plan. Ephesians 2 and verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works. See, we were created for a reason. Created for good works. And these good works were planned by God beforehand. And I'll tell you, God must have known all about us. Because he knew they needed to be planned ahead of time, so we would have something to walk in. God's plan. He's got this, this whole plan. It's done. It's complete. It's finished. And, and all he's doing now is he's taking and saying, Terry, you had this plan. You wanted to be, you know, in club rides every week with your, your amigos, and, and, and you wanted to be just doing that, and, and we're going to put your plan on hold because there's more amazing things for you right now. Wow, that, that just feels weird even to say. Because I'll tell you, I know that's a fact. I know that's a fact. Just as I would know if I looked at a plan, that's a straight line, and the measurement on that line is 14 foot 10 inches. I know that. I know God's plan for me is good. I know it. I, I know it. I know it. Do you know it? I know it. But the challenge is walking according Knowing the plan doesn't mean you're doing the plan. That is so much the characteristic of my life. I feel like for years, for decades, I have known the, the basis of God's plan for me. I've known it clearly. And there's days even now, I'm just, I'll get up in the morning and this will happen, that'll happen. The Holy Spirit will impress something upon my heart. It'll be confirmed in this and that and, and in, you know, something my wife might say to confirm that, even though we haven't talked about it. And I know this is God's plan. And, oh, those, that phrase, next steps. The next step is to do his plan for me. So difficult to take that step when we can't go out of our house except to work and go to school. 
I am definitely in this process with you. I definitely know the plan, and maybe you definitely know the plan. But if you don't know the plan, I would encourage you, find out the plan. God's word has his plan for your life in it. Christ talked about, taught about the plan for our lives. If you don't know the plan, find out about the plan. Reach out to us. We'll talk to you about the plan. We know the plan. We just struggle walking the plan. I want to pull up some scripture from um, the message. I read the message a little bit because I I really like how the message um, puts it in easy speak. It puts it in a language that resonates with me sometimes where where the... the, uh, Sometimes scripture, because it was written in a different context or time frame, it just doesn't resonate the same way with me. So, so I've done Matthew 6, uh, verse, starting at verse 25. We're going to read this together. We're going to read about a dozen verses here. And we're going to pause on a few of them. But I, I, on purpose, I've put it in this, uh, in this translation. So let's start reading together. Verse 25, if you're taking notes. So Matthew 6 and 25. If you decide for God, if you decide for God, if you decide... That's the plan for me. And by the way, that is the plan for you, whether you decide or not. But if you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds. I saw some bird pictures this morning from someone and their family. They were out hiking yesterday, part of the restore walk. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless, careless in the care of God. Isn't that a great phrase? The birds are careless in the care of God. But don't miss the next phrase. And you count more than the birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields And look at the wildflowers. Hey, the trillium right now? Oh, we were in Durham Forest yesterday. And I said to those who I was with, I said, the strangest thing about taking a picture of a trillium is you you get down and you get the angle just right, you get the light just right, and you take the picture and you stand up and you turn around. That was the perfect, like that's the best trillium I've ever seen. It was absolutely perfect. You turn around, that one's better. And that one's better. And that one over there is better. And you, you do a full 180, and, and it's just like, it looks like it's golf ball-sized hail all over the green hill as the ferns poke through. I, I'm just so grateful that, uh, that I was reading this passage this week and got to see the trillium this week. Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields, look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby 
alongside them. I love that. That is a great, a great descriptor right there. If God gives such attentions to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so, so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality. God initiative. God provisions. Don't worry about missing out you'll find all your everyday human concerns will melt away. I want to just drop the anchor for a second and stop there because there's three just great phrases in there. And I think if we, if we scurry past them, we're going to miss how significant they are. Steep yourself in God reality. I know what my reality is right now. Uh, we're in lockdown, um, I go to work, I come home, I stay home, I stay home, I sleep, I get up, I go to work, repeat, repeat, repeat. That's my reality right now. That is our reality right now. That's our reality. What is God's reality? His reality is his kingdom. It's his plan. That's his reality. See, God has not been affected by the, cir the circumstances we find ourselves in right now. Not only has he not been affected or altered by it, he knew it was coming. He was well aware of it before, it before it started. He knows exactly when we'll be back to our, quote, normal. His reality is different than ours. It's about his kingdom. God initiative, uh, his plan that he began Remember grace? Remember how God showed his grace for us? Yeah, because he put a plan in motion. He came up with a plan, he put it in motion, and he is chasing us. He is seeking us out. We don't need to seek him out. He already started seeking us out. We just need to respond to his plan. He's taken the initiative to provide for us all that we need. He's taken that initiative. I didn't take that initiative. Now, I've tried to provide for everything that I need. I've tried to to provide for my family all that we need in these times and in many other times. And, and boy, the times, I just fall so short of that. But, but God's never fallen short of that. That's been his plan. He has the initiative. And then God's provision. Not just his eternal provision because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for our sins. But he's also concerned about our daily provision. And without going into the details of what happens what happened to me in the last hour and a half in this place this morning, God knew a need and provided. Like very specifically. In fact, not only specifically, exactly. So in the times when I think I've got the plan figured out and the plan actually was my plan was going to be happening this afternoon, actually, to solve that 
thing that was required. And, and God said, no, you don't have to wait for this afternoon. Not only am I going to save you the cost of that, I'm going to provide exactly what you need, and in fact, more than what you need. And that was all part of his plan. He knew it. That's his provision. That's his provision. So let me finish reading the, the final parts of those verses. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Can you imagine that? All of your everyday human concerns will be met. That's what God does for us in his plan. I can't do that in my plan. I fall short. His plan, he does it. Give your attention to what God is doing right now. Give your plan to what God's doing right now. Not post-pandemic, to what he's doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. What, what's the deal with the second dose of AstraZeneca? I don't know. I don't know what this deals with the second dose of any vaccine. I couldn't tell you a thing about vaccines. I don't have the knowledge to give you any input on that. I have no idea. But that's tomorrow. Well, what about the provision of social activity that, that I need or people in my family need? I mean, like, need. What about my brother-in-law, who I alluded to earlier? What about the interaction that he needs? That's tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Not my words, the words of Scripture. God's words. So I'm done. I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm done. Ba based on what I've read from Scripture this morning, I'm done. I'm done. God's reality, reality, R. God's initiative, I. Remember the last one? God's provisions, P. I'm done. R, I, P. I'm going to let my done rest in peace. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to require some changes for me. It's going to require me to, to push some reset buttons. It's going to require me to, to take some really simple action like the 22nd rule. Are you aware of the 22nd rule? It's not the rule that comes after 21. It's 20 seconds. So take 20 seconds today before you go to bed to start something that you want to do tomorrow that might be difficult for tomorrow. A lot of people use the 20-second rule when it comes to their workout clothes. They lay out their workout clothes and their shoes the night before so it's ready to go the next morning, and they're already started when the next day comes. For me, it was God's word this week. I need to put the 20-second rule in effect with where my Bible went before I went to bed. It works. It works. So there might be some practical things like that. You may need to get off social media for a bit. And you may need to pick up your phone and just have more conversations with people around you who, who bring positive into your world, who help you go and do the things that fit into God's plan. Some encouragement. There's so many different ways we can, we can add a little more positive and take a little more negative out of our life. You maybe just need to make that decision. Whatever it is for you, I want you to remember this. His plan is unchanged. His plan's unchanged. So I don't know about you, when I think about an unchanged plan, the plan for this washcloth was to be laundered and, uh, and folded and put away. Ready for what? To be used, right? Ready to be used. So that's how I see myself. I've, I was created by God, and, and he said, 
Terry, you have a purpose, and your purpose is to be prepared, cleaned, laundered, folded, and to be ready to be used. To be ready to be used. But I think it's just so amazing that before those three statements, uh, God reality, God initiative, God provision, it, it said steep your life in. And I don't know about you, do you drink tea? We have the odd cup of tea in our home, mostly iced tea, but the process is the same. And we take, we take boiling water and we put a tea bag in it and we call it steeping the tea, right? Well, that's kind of what this is talking about, but it's really, it's more like, like our lives and we take our lives and we put it into what God's doing. So, so as I put this in here, you'll, you'll notice it's pretty clear. It starts to, starts to change. And it's not, well, it's much more difficult to fold now without getting wet for sure. But, but as Scripture says, as we steep ourselves in these things, so it's not just, you know, dipping the corner in. You know, I'm, I'm partway in the plan. It's actually, it's all the way in. And, and when we completely steep ourselves in, in what God has for our lives, we can pull this out again, but there really is not anywhere on this cloth. There's not really anywhere on me when I'm all in that has not been affected by the water. There's nowhere in me when I'm all in to God's plan there's nowhere on me that isn't affected by him. Even the tag is dripping wet now. So as you steep yourself in God, in his plan, just get ready to watch what he wants to do with you, where he wants you to drip. <laughs> Maybe where he wants you to wipe up but he wants to be involved with you. The amazing thing about taking a cloth and putting it in water like this is the same thing's going to happen every time. You could use a J cloth. You could use a blue napkin. You could use uh, a green hand towel. You could use a sponge. Every time you put it in there, the same result's going to happen. Because like this water is wet, this water will always be wet. When it's this temperature, it will be wet. It can be frozen, I know that. But this water doesn't change. It penetrates cloth and sponges and other things like that. And that's the amazing thing about our God. Is he also doesn't change. He's unchanging. That's part of his plan. He's unchanging. The same God who if we go back and we read in the Gospels, calmed the, the stormy water just with a word. That same God. He's the same today. The same God who instructed Joshua. Remember with the Israelites? They had some, well, they had quite a crappy road trip. And on their road trip, they now needed to, to uh, deal with this city of Jericho. And so God gave them a plan as to how to do that. And that wouldn't have been my approach. My approach likely would have included a crane and a wrecking ball and uh, perhaps some armies behind me. And, uh, and God said, no, we're going to march in, in this certain way and in this pattern and this many times, and then we're going to do this, and, and the walls are going to come down. And, and guess what they did? And that's the same God we have today. I'm so grateful for that. 
His, his person, himself, God, hasn't changed. His plan for us hasn't changed. He's still the same God. As Dan and Norm come, and I'm so grateful for, uh, for guys like this who, who use their talents and give the way that they give, but as, as Dan sings this song, I want you to really listen to the words. They're talented musicians, don't get me wrong, and I don't want you to ignore the music of it because it's a great musical song as well. But listen and, and embrace the words. And if you are like me, when you are doing church from home, it can be difficult at times to focus. So here's what we're going to do. Those of us who are in the building, and there's very few of us, we're going to pray for no distractions for you. For you, you maybe do what I do, and I'm doing it right now, to focus. Close your eyes. Just listen to the words. And let them flow over you. Let them soak you up.